Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. It's a joy to have you with us today. Pastor Ed leads Fellowship Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Continuing in the series, Shame Off You, Pastor Ed Young will present a compelling message titled, The Sandstorm of Shame. Exploring the intricacies of the shame cycle, he explains how it keeps us bound in chains. Only the power of the cross, as revealed in this message, has the transformative ability to shatter the cycle of shame and break us free from its relentless grip. This program is just a glimpse of what Pastor Ed has to offer. From global missions to his latest inspirational books and daily devotionals, there's something for everyone. You can find all of this and more at edyoung.com. And here's an exclusive offer for our listeners today. Download a free chapter of Pastor Ed and Lisa's newest book, A Path Through Pain, at edyoung.com. With refreshing vulnerability and power, A Path Through Pain shares their family's journey from sorrow and anger to hope and healing after the tragic and sudden loss of their daughter. As they share their incredible perspective, they will inspire and equip you to believe that there is purpose in your pain, even if you can't see that purpose yet. Now, let's get into today's message titled, The Sandstorm of Shame. Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. A sandstorm is a strong wind that carries dust and obviously sand, and it can really mess you up. I mean, normally it doesn't, but it affects your eyes, your nose, your ears, and and it can even blind you. That's why it's so, so dangerous. I think in a crowd this size, a lot of us would be in a sandstorm right now. Now, we don't look like it. I mean, we can see and hear and taste and smell and, and all that, but I think a lot of us are in the sandstorm of something that is even more perilous than sand, shame. Shame. When I say the word shame, a lot of us, if you're like me, we have a hard time kind of categorizing it or or even describing it. In fact, before I made a deep dive into this study, I sort of have felt shame before in my life, but I didn't really know what it was or I didn't know how to pinpoint it. The enemy is all about shame. The enemy is basically shame on you. God, on the other hand, is shame off you. Shame is a driver of so many things in our lives. And most of us go through these gymnastics and don't even realize that the horsepower behind it all is this sandstorm of shame. The first time I ever stole something, I stole a bulldozer. I mean, I was five years old, it was a little toy. And it felt good because my friend at his house had better toys than I did, so I just straight up put this bulldozer in my pocket, walked home with my mother, this is when we used to go outside, kids. (laughs) And I remember feeling a little case of the guilties, just a little. 
So I thought, okay, I'm gonna hide this D9 dozer under my dresser until, you know, later and I could play with it. So I'm kind of guilty and then I start feeling a little bit of shame. I mean, this is my first recollection of shame. And my mother walked into my bedroom and she said in her Mississippi accent, Ed, did you take a bulldozer from Mike's house? Yes, I did, Mom. Where is it? The bulldozer is under the dresser, so I remember it like it was yesterday. My, my dresser was blue, and, 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 and I, I reached my little hand in there, took the bulldozer out, and she said, you march right back down there and you return that. And again, this is when kids, we'd actually walk from house to house back in the day. So I walked like three or four houses away, returned it, and I, I really felt better. Now that's a very simple story. I'm sure you've stolen things before. It's a very simple situation, but it's packed with theology. Sin, I stole the bulldozer from my friend. That's a sin. I felt guilt. Then, even as a little kid, if you grill guilt for too long, if you stay in that stage too long, it will segue into shame. I call shame the sewage of sin. I hit shame a little bit in my five-year-old self, but then I went quickly to repentance. Because what did I do? I retraced my steps, that's repentance, and dropped off the D9 dozer at Mikey's house. That is the formula. Shame is sin, let me say it again. Shame is sin. Some shame is subjective. In other words, it's imposed upon us. We did nothing to deserve it. And some of us right now are going, I was abused. Surely I, I caused it. No, you didn't. I was raped. I was taken advantage of. I was berated. I mean, I'm an accident. I'm an afterthought, I'm a no count. That is shame from Satan himself. He speaks shamese. That's not God's language. We say, oh, I'm not, I'm not sufficient. Jesus says, you're sufficient. We say, I'm unloved. Jesus says, I love you with an everlasting love so much. I died on the cross, and the cross was an instrument of shame for your sin and your shame. I carried that, and if you will acquiesce, if you will humble yourself before the Lord Jesus, if you will be vulnerable before him and tell him what he already knows, that's what the word confession means, agreeing with God, 
and take responsibility, your life, your life will do something and you'll be something that no one else can be. Because if you aren't you, there's going to be a hole in history, a gap in God's creative plan. So why do we compare ourselves with others so much? Have you ever, have you ever thought about that? I'll tell you why. We want to hide. Think about Adam and Eve. When they tasted that fruit, they covered themselves and then they hid. They, they, they tried to pull one over on God. They, they looked to another place and space for the answers because the enemy said, hey, Adam and Eve, God's holding out on you. You can be like God. And from that day forward, we've been struggling with playing cover-up. I don't want to expose who I am or I don't want to be intimate with anybody. I don't want to be vulnerable because, man, if people knew the real me, they, they would reject me. I mean, they're going to forgive your sin, but not my sin. You have no idea. I mean, I had an abortion. I, I'm divorced. I was immoral. I lied in a business deal. I guess I'm just stuck in the sewage of shame. And then shame takes the form of fear, a fear of rejection, a fear of failure, a fear of loneliness. And then, of course, we turn to the shame machines, you know, our, I'll just say our, our phones or our laptops or many of the other platforms. Those are truly shame machines. We compare ourselves. I mean, that's not real. You, you've already said it a squillion times, but it's not real. And in my life, I cannot follow certain people because certain people, what they post can be triggers of shame for me. So if you're following people and it's like, man, look where they vacation. Man, look at the ring he gave her. Whoa, look at the opportunities that they have. Look at that car, is that a Bentley? So when it comes to social media for the most part, it's like, I'm here, you're there. It's a shame machine, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Now, there's a good side to it, I'm not saying that. But young people, please, I beg you, I beg you, don't allow the shame machine to run your life because very quickly you'll fall into sin, guilt, and you'll live in this sewage of shame. You are listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. We're halfway through today's incredible message, The Sandstorm of Shame, and we hope it's been an inspirational part of your day. As we pause for a moment, we want to thank you for joining us and for your continued support. This ministry, focused on sharing the gospel, is possible because of listeners like you. As a token of our gratitude for supporting The Creative Connection, we have a special gift for you. We'd love to send you a complimentary copy of Pastor Ed and Lisa Young's newest book, A Path Through Pain. 
This is a powerful book they wrote after the sudden death of their oldest daughter, Lee Beth. They share profound truth that even in the darkest moments, pain and joy can coexist. To receive your free copy, visit edyoung.com. It's our way of saying thanks for your gift to help take the hope of Jesus to people around the world. And if today's message has touched your heart, consider supporting us. Your contributions, no matter the size, help us continue spreading God's word and bring hope to many. Visit edyoung.com to learn how you can make a difference. Now, let's continue with today's message, The Sandstorm of Shame. You're listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. Well, let me talk real quick about somebody that carried some serious shame. You know, the Bible is littered with people. I mean, characters that carried shame. The woman at the well, Zacchaeus, Samson, Saul, David. The guy I'm going to talk about today probably takes up as far as the pages of scripture, he comes in number three. I'm talking about number one is Jesus. I'm talking about the ink in the Bible. Number two would be David. And number three, Moses. Moses. Let's talk about Moses. Moses, you mean, Ed, do you mean Moses? Carried shame? Yes, he did. Think about his birth. He carried shame for who he was. He was born in Egyptian slavery. You talking about a slave machine? Over 400 years, God's people were in slavery. Through a strange turn of events, he was miraculously adopted by Pharaoh's family. So he had one foot in Egyptian culture, the other foot in, in Hebrew culture. And he, he was educated like none other. He had advantages, he had cash money like None other. A lot of people were saying, in fact, this was trending, that, that he would be the next, that was funny, Pharaoh of Egypt, a Jew. But that wasn't going to happen, but people were, you know, talking about that. You know, if you, if you read a lot of his comments on some of his posts, people were saying, yeah, you'll probably be the next Pharaoh. So, so he, just for who he was, and maybe you can identify with that, your background, your heritage, your family or lack thereof. You feel shame because of just who you are. He also felt shame for what he did. You won't believe this, and I'm, and I'm giving you a quick Bible lesson. He grew up one foot in Egyptian culture, the other foot in Hebrew culture, you know, here, there, here, there, shame. I'm sure like, man, I have all of this, all of this stuff, all of these opportunities in Egypt, yet I'm still a Hebrew. And how about my people? And I'm sure he had some serious haters. Well, one day, Exodus chapter two, verse 11, meet me in Egypt right now, if you would. Take your Bibles and let's go to Egypt. Uh, Exodus chapter two, verse 11 and 12. And let's see what happens. This is Moses now. Ten Commandments Moses, right? Charlton Heston Moses, if you're older. The guy. One day after Moses had grown up, he was 40 years old. 40 years old. And his life can be broken down into three sections. The first 40 years, he was a somebody. Say that with me. Somebody. The next 40 years, he was a nobody. Say, nobody. And the last 40 years, he discovered that God can use anybody, say anybody, anybody. That's his life. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were, watched them at their hard labor. He saw this Egyptian guy beating the fool, my interpretation, 
out of one of his own brothers. You know what he did? <laughs> Looking this way and that, you probably have seen this before, seeing no one, he killed, what? The Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Hmm. Hmm. So he sinned, right? And he quickly tried to cover his tracks. So he played God for a second. Hey, I'm God. I'm going to take this situation into my own hands. He didn't talk to God first. He acted. And, and, and shame, remember our definition of shame? It's an emotional, all-encompassing vibe where we feel we've let down ourselves, others, and God. And it separates us, check this out, from God, ourselves, and others. So that's how diabolical it is. So Moses said, basically, I'm God. He played God, killed the guy. Then he tried to cover him. He dug a hole in the sand. And we're gonna see he's gonna get whacked by the sandstorm of shame. He tried to cover his tracks. And you know how the winds will blow the sandstorm and, and after a while the toes begin to stick out of the sand. Little did Mo realize, but he, that's right, he, he was found out. Somebody saw him, then it went all over social media. It became viral. Pharaoh would now turn from being like his, 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 his guy to I'm going to take him out. Now, can you imagine all of the special forces and things that Pharaoh had at his disposal? I mean, amazing. Well, Moses, after he tried to, you know, hide, then we're going to see he began to blame others. He was in this cycle, this whirlwind, and a sandstorm goes this way. Did you know that? It's circular. And, and he was just in that. Fame, lame, blame, fame, lame, blame. He takes off. He becomes a fugitive. Moses does. Turns, and he is running. And the Bible tells us that he ran and ran and ran to the backside of the desert, and finally... He stopped running. Some of you. I mean, maybe me. We need to stop running. Then the Bible says he sat down by a well and drank some water. The Bible gives us the opportunity to be washed by the power of the word of God. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all, let me say it again, from all, from all of our sin and all of our shame. God not only forgives, but he chooses to forget. If it's under the blood, what abortion? If it's under the blood, what immorality? If it's under the blood, what perfectionism? Just, just, just fill in the blank. If it's under the blood, what family of origin issues? Isn't that awesome? The cure, the cure is not to press the pause button. The cure is to hit play. And that's what we're gonna find out about Moses. He, through this process, not perfectly, humbled himself before God. He was vulnerable before him. He took responsibility. 
And he became one of the great difference makers ever. So he drank some water. Then he enrolled in the University of Desert. I went to school at Florida State. I think college in, in, in many ways is overrated, but that's a whole nother message. Don't get me going about that. But anyway, I went to Florida State. Uh, I was with the Florida State criminals, I mean Seminoles, for a long time. But, 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 but he had an encounter, Moses did, on the backside of the desert as he was enrolled in the University of Desert. God spoke to him through a burning bush. Now this is Moses. Exodus chapter three, verse one. God is calling Moses to be the deliverer of his people out of slavery. That's what God's doing. I mean, it's a pretty big task, right? Are you imagining leading like several million Jews out of Egyptian slavery? out of the shame of slavery. God, who am I? So he, he's telling God this. God says, Moses, you're the man. Uh, who am I? Identity issues. Uh, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? That's, those are just basic believability issues, right? Uh, I'm, I'm slow of speech. He probably stuttered. Slow of tongue. That would be performance. That would be capacity issues. Exodus 4.13, please send someone else. That's just false humility. He didn't want the responsibility, really. He was afraid. But here's what I love about God. God, and yes, God used Aaron. God, though, used Moses with his speech impediment. And, and check this one out. The children of Israel are delivered from, from, from Egyptian slavery, okay? Then God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. First one to write him down was Moses, after God put him in stone. What's the Sixth Commandment? Thou shalt not murder. You've gotta be kidding me. You mean God picks a murderer to be the first one to write down, thou shalt not murder? Isn't that powerful? That's the grace and the love. That's the mercy of God. You know how I remember the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is a comma. The story's not done. Shame is a period. The devil says the story is over in your life. But you know what? I want to carry around commas, don't you? A backpack full of commas. Fellowship Church is a church of the, of the comma, not the period. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, God's grace is bigger and broader than your sin and mine in your shame, in mine. 
Thank you for being with us today on The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. We hope this message titled, The Sandstorm of Shame, has deepened your understanding of shame and guilt, but also help place you on the path toward freedom in Jesus. Your support is so important in helping us share the gospel of Jesus with a hurting world. As a token of our gratitude, we're offering you a free copy of A Path Through Pain by Pastor Ed and Lisa Young. Visit edyoung.com to claim your book and learn more about how you can support Ed Young Ministries. Join us as we continue our empowering series, Shame Off You, led by Pastor Ed. In our next session, delve into the compelling message, Developing the Subtle Art of Shame. Explore ways to navigate and counteract the pressures that amplify shame in our lives. We'll look into how the world perpetuates shame and how the wisdom of the Bible offers a powerful antidote. Don't miss next time's discussion. Stay connected with us at edyoung.com for more enriching content and opportunities to be part of what God is doing through the Creative Connection. Thanks for listening. Until next time, God bless.